One thing is important when we are relaxing now. We shouldn't relax too much. It's a classic response in the human mind. If we practice restraint, and then a short time later, we try to go back to normal, but what happens is that we actually become overindulgent. You may have experienced that, for example, with going on a diet. You start with great enthusiasm, you have a very strict diet. And then um, one day you end up with the ice cream or the chocolate or the pizza. And then one one feels, oh, now it's all over. And then people don't eat a piece of chocolate in their diet, but they end up with a couple of bars. This is what we call... Veering towards the extreme, vacillating between the extremes. And then the Buddha encouraged us to follow the middle path. So at a time when we are now uh, relaxing the quarantine conditions for the pandemic, or the government is uh, loosening up a little bit, very gradually, it's important that we are not losing our sense of restraint completely. Most people find it easier to be completely strict or to just completely not restrained. And the more difficult practice that requires the mindfulness and wisdom and careful deliberation is to be restrained according to the requirements. So according to the latest official Queensland Health Direction. Uh, Every household is now uh, allowed to have five visitors. And these five visitors don't have to be from the same household. So every household can have five people coming in and they can come from different households. Additionally, for religious ceremonies... One is allowed to have a religious ceremony with 10 people maximum. However, that doesn't help us too much here because we have already four monks. And then we also have two long-term labor treatments who are part of our household here, so to speak. There's already six people, so the 10 people religious ceremony allowance doesn't help us very much if we want to have the resident community all joining. On the other hand, if you have only one monk, you could do a religious ceremony with nine people coming in. So by and large, now I felt the latest regulations are very reasonable. The government is trying to gradually adjust back to normal, which is very much also how the Buddha is teaching a gradual path, a gradual practice, step-by-step. One can't just sit down and try to meditate under the Bodhi tree like the Buddha and attain Nibbana. One has to gradually begin by developing punya, good karma, through generosity and through kindness to other beings. One has to gradually develop virtue by keeping the precepts and maybe even keeping eight precepts. And those who ordain even more precepts. 
one has to gradually increase one's sense restraint and then uh, develop the five faculties, develop the four Brahma-viharvas, develop samadhi. And based on that, one has to develop vipassana and insight. So the Buddha's teaching is a gradual, and it's very good that we also have a gradual process of coming out of lockdown. However, uh, one thing I found very disappointing, uh, uh, the directive which applies to us here, a religious institution, is for non-essential business and activities. So all religious activities are already in the classification non-essential. We have a so-called non-essential business or activity. But additionally, when I start scrolling down, they give an explanation for all the different examples of non-essential activities according to their definition. And I have to scroll a long time. In fact, it's actually better to go with the with the mouse to the white button and just pull it down because if you are turning the little wheel on your mouse, it takes a long time to scroll down right to the bottom. And literally at the very bottom of the list of non-essential activities come the religious activities, uh, places of worship and religious services. And even there, they start first with uh, weddings, So we are rock bottom of the non-essential activities according to the government classification. And my concern is if it is written like that, it is probably reflecting the attitude of the people who wrote that and is also reflecting the priorities in our society. And in terms of Dhamma, the poetry is now upside down. The Dhamma is essential. To prevent any misunderstanding, I'm not arguing that we should have uh, bigger ceremonies, because there's obviously a point in, uh, in limiting the attendance at religious ceremonies not to reduce the spread of the virus. No, I'm not doubting that one. But this kind of no value judgment of declaring it a non-essential and then putting it at the very bottom is to me a reflection of wrong priorities in our society. And if anything is essential, to me it is the Dhamma practice and the aim of the Dhamma practice, the final goal, the attainment of Nibbana, Yes, in terms of Dhamma, what is non-essential is what is called sankharas, conditioned phenomena, impermanent, conditioned things which have been put together and which will fall apart again. So my definition of non-essential would be anything that is impermanent, Anything that is unsure, unreliable, not self, not me, not mine, changing depending on conditions, 
for example, our physical body, for example, our feelings, emotions, for example, it's our physical possessions. And ultimately, that is all non-essential in a profound sense, in a deeper sense, because it's impermanent and it can never give any lasting satisfaction. On the other hand, if we ask, now what is essential then? Not the opposite. What's the opposite of sankara? What's the opposite of sankata, of conditioned? Yes, asankata. Asankata. Not conditioned, no, unconditioned. So on the highest level of abstraction, you can divide the whole universe into two kinds of phenomena. One in one box, you put conditioned phenomena. In the other box, unconditioned. I think we all have some idea what is in the conditioned box. I already mentioned whether it's internal or external, material things or thoughts and emotions. These are all sankharas, they're all conditioned. What is in the other category? What, have we found? what can we find in the other category of asankata? One. Yes, there's only one thing. There's one thing which is not a thing. Exactly. For Asankata, there's only what is called Nibbana or Asankata or Amatadatu, the total liberation and freedom of Nibbana. That's the only a truly non conditioned thing. And that's the only thing that is really essential in a in a deep sense. So only Nibbana is really essential. If you reflect on that now in a more profound way. And then by extension I would also argue that those things which are somewhat connected to Nibbana in the sense that they are leading there. I would be okay if anyone classifies that also as essential by extension. For example, the insight, vipassana, panya, wisdom. These are qualities which are very close to Nibbana. They are still conditioned, even wisdom and uh, vipassana insight is a conditioned process, but they're leading towards nibbana. They make it possible. They are unfolding the conditioned process of realizing nibbana. They're developing that conditioned process, cultivating that conditioned process of realizing nibbana. And in that sense, I would be okay of classifying it as essential as well. And the same for samadhi. Samadhi is an important part of uh, the factors leading to the insight that enables Nibbana to be realized. And so I would be happy to classify it there as well. And even going back to virtue precepts and observing precepts as a necessary condition for the attainment of Nibbana, and then I'd be happy as well to classify that as part of essential by extension. 
and even generosity, you know, giving kindness, sharing, offering food to the Sangha, like what they did today. That is maybe the easiest way of establishing some kind of indirect connection with Nibbana. And not everyone may be ready or quite willing yet to throw themselves into the practice now completely. But if we practice generosity and we are supporting the Sangha of those who are practicing to attain Nibbana, then you're also establishing an indirect connection in that way. So I would be happy to also extend the activity of offering food and requisites and practicing generosity generally as an essential activity by extension in in terms of Dhamma. There's a Gata, I have that in the little greeting. I believe what I put in there you got in the little greeting, that is Dhammapada verse number 11 and 12. Asare sare matino, sare cha sare dasino, te saran nadigachanti, mitcha sankapa gochara, sarancha sarato nyatva, asarancha asarato. Te sarang adigachanti samma sankappa kochara. Those who mistake the non essential for essential and who regard what is essential as non essential, they will never reach the essential, and their range is. Uh, unwholesome intentions and thoughts. Uh, they're lost in uh, worldly thoughts that don't lead towards Nibbana. They're lost in the worldly activities and aspirations that may even lead away from Nibbana. However, those who have recognized and understood uh, the essential as essential and who have comprehended what is not non-essential, they will reach the essential and their range is you know, the perfect intention and thoughts, the wholesome thoughts and intentions and aspirations that uh, lead to Nibbana, the part of the Eightfold Path, you know, Sama Sankapa, second factor of the Eightfold Path. There's also an interesting connection here to the very important second path factors, the white intention or white thought. Sankhapa in Pali is somewhat in between what we would call intention and thought in English. And it kind of almost covers both. So we could translate the Sama Sankhapa, the second factor of the Eightfold Path, either as white intention or as even white thinking. And as the Buddha explains in this kata, if we can't distinguish what is essential and what is non-essential, then we will be unable to develop the samasankapa, the perfect intentions. And we will be lost in the, in the wrong intentions. 
So it's crucial to get the priorities right and to recognize what is the sava, the heart with the heart of things, the substance, the essence. It's a little bit like when you're moving into a new home or a new room. What do you normally do if you move into a new house when you contemplate how to put your furniture and how to arrange it? Ali is smiling because he's just working on the kuti. Not even a house in lay life. What I notice that many people, they may start with the television or with the computer. That's the first thing that they know where they want to put that. And then they put other things and then they need some cupboards and all the kitchen stuff. And once they have put all the stuff in there and the house is full, then they also think, oh, I also have to put a Buddha statue. And then they haven't got a nice place left anymore. And they have to squeeze it in somehow. I've noticed in many homes when you go in, the, the place where I would put the shrine is actually often where the television is. That's for the older generation, for the youngsters, it may be more where the computer is. Although by now it's actually mobile. But in uh, over 40 generation, I would think that the television is often the, in the dominant place. And then the, the Buddha statue has to be squeezed in somewhere. And this is also a good simile you know, for our general life. Many people have so many priorities. Of course, there's a job, and then there's your social life, and then there's the kids, and then there's all the relatives and the family, and then the grandchildren, and then uh, sports, and then this club, and then going out, and this and that. And they're doing all of that, and then now suddenly we don't have any time for Dhamma practice, because we try to squeeze it in at the end. On the other hand, if you have an empty house and the first thing you think about and you establish and you put into the perfect position is the Buddha Rupa, the Buddha statue and the shrine, then the rest will all fall into place. Now for us monks, it's always very clear and the Buddha is always the most senior. And today uh, I'm sitting in front of the Buddha statue, which is also considered acceptable for the next senior monk because the Buddha is no higher, it's above my head. But normally I prefer the sitting actually uh, to the left of the Buddha so that I have the Buddha to the right. This is why we have the right shoulder open as Buddhist monks inside the monastery because the bearing one's right shoulder was considered a sign of respect. And Pradakinam, keeping the Buddha to the right. This is why we always circumambulate, like a stupa, we circumambulate a stupa uh, clockwise. Because that means while you're circumambulating, you have got the stupa on your right shoulder. That would be the you know, open shoulder for monks. And so normally, like in the Dhamma hall, I'd be sitting here, and so the Buddha would be higher to the right of me. And then the next junior monk would be to the left of me, keeping me to the right. And then it goes through like that. 
And then uh, any members of the lay community, you know, the eight preceptors, they would come next, and then other members of the lay community who are not keeping eight precepts. So it all falls into place. And just putting the Buddha statue in first and putting it into the white place, you know, the rest kind of automatically will be sorted. This is getting the priorities right. And what the ranking there in our Queensland Health Order indicates to me is that our society is getting the priorities not right. It's actually the wrong way around. And then things lose track. And I believe that so many problems we have from mental disorders to depression to um, drug abuse and alcoholism, to suicides, that this is not related to having wrong priorities and not being able to understand as a whole society what is really essential and what is not essential. So hopefully by uh, teaching Dhamma, by practicing Dhamma, by many people taking up Dharma practice and deepening the understanding that we can have a good influence on society and that gradually spiritual activities will no longer be in the rock bottom of any list of non-essential activities. And when society recognizes at large what is essential, what is not essential, I believe that uh, all these Tragic things like suicide and depression and mental disorder will also reduce. It's difficult to explain why in a country like Australia, which is so wealthy, which is so beautiful, which has so much space, we're not idealizing anything, that's obviously not perfect here, but if you compare it to other countries in, in the world, even again in this pandemic, in comparison to other countries, one of the best places one can possibly be, even general. Now, how is it possible with all these wealth and all these privilege you know, that there's so much depression, there's so much mental disorder, there's so much um, drug abuse? So my suggestion would be one reason is the wrong priorities, misunderstanding what is non-essential as essential and vice versa. So as Dhamma practitioners, we should aim for what is essential. And the ultimate essential thing is asankata, unconditioned nibbana, and everything connected with it. And so we can simply ask, if we wonder what to do and what is important now, what I'm going to do now is that somehow connected with nibbana, even just not quite remotely, and if someone comes to the monastery you know, to support the Sangha in their practice, you know, there is already the connection. If anyone does any acts of kindness with the intention you know, to purify their mind from stinginess and egoism and you know, to do something good for other beings, you know, this is already you know, developing the Eightfold Path and uh, leading towards Nibbana. So this is already something essential by extension. The same for precepts. 
same for the sense restraint, same for the Bahmavihavas, developing loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. Even better when developing the, the jhanas and then getting close to Nibbana and developing Vipassana insight using wisdom to investigate the stuff which is non-essential and recognize that it's all impermanent so that the mind can let go of it. <laughs>